We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Today I'm joined by Colin Carnelia. Cernelia, is it a hard C or a soft C? I, I second think one, I screw it up every time. You got okay. the second one, yep. He's been on the show before. I think you were on, last, I want to say, last September when your book came out. Yeah, I think it was all the way back then. Crazy. <laughs> yes. And uh, he's, he's the host of Dynamic Leaders, a leadership podcast, and a host of a new show, Two Jocks and a Schlub, where they talk some sports and beer and, and all the good stuff. But he's on the show because he's a Yankees fan. <laughs> so, Colin, what's up? Uh, not, not much. Uh, this is like the happiest day ever because the Yankees are on. An 11 game win streak. They don't play today, so they can't wreck it. Nothing can go wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a Wednesday off day. Those are those are rare. Like, I don't know if you remember the Friday off day that they had. Well, they have actually had two Friday off days yeah. this year. And it's like my entire life, I never remember a Friday off day. Yeah, it's it's definitely weird. But yeah, 11 game win streak. I think they were saying on the broadcast last night, it's the longest since like the early 80s or something like that that this team yeah, has insane. had, which also kind of blew <laughs> me away. Because um, obviously the team's been fantastic. Overall, the team's been fantastic for 25 right. years. They haven't had a losing record. So, but yeah, 11 game win streak is no joke. It's hard to to go almost two weeks without losing a game, and this team has done it. And um, so, it's a complete turnaround. I mean, I honestly, Scott and I were talking like offline um, right before the trade de- deadline, and we were like, "What the hell are we going to talk about?" Like in August and stuff, because we really thought this team was headed for. The worst place you can be in sports, which is the middle, out of the playoffs in the middle, and that's where we thought this team was going. Yeah, it was, it was pretty scary, especially knowing. I mean, you know, and maybe some of the listeners know, uh, but knowing my position on you know what the organization does, it was definitely pretty scary to think that all the work that they have done since 2016 got them to the middle, right? Like <laughs> they they got so close, and I think probably 2019 was the peak of this all. And then it's just been backtrack, 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 COVID, backtrack, like all this crap. And so, yeah, I I was definitely worried there for a minute. I'm thrilled right now. I mean, it remains to be seen if they can stay healthy enough and you know keep it hot enough to, I'm sure Oakland will turn it around. Red Sox look like they've at least rebounded a little bit, but um, yeah, definitely a better outlook than it was two weeks ago for sure. Do you think though? Don't uh, the turnaround's great, obviously, and they've put themselves in a position now. They're in a playoff spot, so they're in a driver's seat as far as making the playoffs, and they still have a realistic shot at catching Tampa. 
But don't you still think that a lot of this depends on playoff success? And I don't even necessarily mean World Series, but I said, I think, uh, two episodes ago, you got to get to the World Series, I think. If, if, we're, if we're talking about pro- like progressing as an organization and taking steps forward instead of steps back, this team needs to get to the World Series. Yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong at all. And um, you know, I think I had said when the book, when I finished writing the book, it was in toward the end of the 2019 season. So it was before the playoffs and knowing how that all unraveled and then you know, everything that's happened since then. Um, but you know, I think knowing what we know now, being able to reflect on the moves that Cashman and company have made since the 2016 sell-off, the logical next step is kind of World Series or bust. Whether or not the organization will come out and say that, that's a totally different thing, obviously. But, I mean, they're to the point, you know, now where if we're if we're using the Dodgers as kind of the blueprint of what they're trying to replicate, you know, around this time is when the Dodgers got to their first World Series, right? Um, and, and it took them, you know, a few tries to actually get that World Series last year in that shortened COVID season. But, um, you know, I think if... You know, I, I don't know, because this this season's been so weird in the sense that for a while, nobody thought they were going to make the playoffs. And now it's like, all right, if we make the playoffs, it's going to feel good, but it's not going to feel right unless we win the World Series. So it's kind of like we've already gotten back into that mentality where it's like World Series or bust. At the same time, I don't know if the organization necessarily believes that. But from a fan perspective, it definitely feels like the mentality has shifted to that, even from my perspective. One thing I wanted to talk with you about is like the the feeling among Yankee fans to make like rash decisions and rash changes, and I think that's I mean, I I, I want Aaron Boone fired. Like no matter what happens this year, like I I just have seen I've seen enough to realize I don't think he's a very good manager, and I think if if he's there strictly to communicate and have a good clubhouse, like. I think there are guys who can do that and also manage a game. Um, like, I think those are yeah, out there. Why, why can't we do that? Right. But, uh, but the, 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 there's this, there was this feeling, especially like early to mid July, where it's like, trade this guy, trade this guy, get rid of this guy, fire this guy. And you are more of trust the process. Like, they've been on this track since the, like you said, the 2016 trade deadline. They'd had a shift in organizational mentality. And it's all, it's all, you gotta just, you gotta just trust the process. However, I push back in the sense that the changes that I see in this team and the players they acquired for the roster and also the way the team is playing the past three weeks is so, such a 180 from what it's been the past two and a half, three years that I almost say they didn't trust the process. They're changing things up. They went out and acquired two key left-handed bats when for the past three seasons, they told us it doesn't matter that we're right-handed heavy because we think these guys are the best players we can possibly put on the field. And then they are getting, they were routinely getting exploited by, by right-handed pitching and bullpens like Tampa that can execute against right-handed hitters with sliders low and away. And it was, it was a nightmare every night. And also athleticism which was completely lacking on this team. They were a station-to-station baseball team, and every time they tried to take an extra base, they got thrown out. Now they're freaking stealing three bases every night. So, so yes, I, I understand like 
Brian Cashman is the one who's still in charge and made these decisions to or made these changes that are working. But there is like a 180 from how this team has operated since the start of 2018, basically. Yeah, and you're you're definitely right. I mean, you're not wrong in the sense that they essentially admitted failure. But how cool is that that we have an organization who yeah. <laughs> can because I mean I I'm I'm definitely not comparing the Yankees to the Orioles, so don't don't people like blast me on social media for that, but you could be the Orioles who were one of the most resistant teams forever toward analytics and then ended up you know, reverting into the garbage that they are right now as an organization. But you could, there's a lot of organizations that do kind of find themselves in the middle. And I think the Yankees saw themselves like kind of floating toward that. And Cashman, again, probably, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know Brian Cashman, but I'm sure reporting is going to come out in the future and say like, I'm sure Cashman went to Hale and was like, hey, you know, we, we tried this. It worked to a certain extent, but it's not working right now. And so there are certain things that we're going to tweak, but we're certainly not going to. So the, the overall philosophy has not changed. The depth is still there. The, when they trade it for Gallo, when they trade it for Rizzo, they made sure that they stayed under that luxury tax. You know, they're not, they're not doing what they did back in the late 90s, early 2000s, eating that money and just saying, fuck it and go with it. So the philosophy itself hasn't changed necessarily, like overall, um, but small tweaks here and there, I think they were finally able to look themselves in the mirror and say, this isn't sustainable anymore. Like we can't just keep pretending that right-handed hitters can just use the short porch in the same way that left-handed hitters or that it doesn't, it doesn't affect the balance in the way that, you know, especially with the three pitcher or the three batter minimum rule, for relievers that it doesn't affect the way that managers manage against the Yankees. And so, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I know I tend to in general be in the minority of people who generally support Brian Cashman, generally support Hale Steinbrenner. I will say that I've never been crazy about Aaron Boone. Um, he's been fine in certain instances, but I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure there's somebody better out there. Whereas like, with Girardi and Tori, that wasn't always like necessarily the case in my mind all the time. I was like, is there someone better out there? I don't know. Um, and so, you know, like, okay, so maybe you can point a finger at Boone. Maybe that's a change that happens no matter what uh, happens this season. Maybe it's a Girardi thing where even if, I mean, Cashman said, even if they won the World Series in 2017, Girardi wasn't coming back. So maybe we're in that scenario again. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I, I tend to look at things and I want to see an organization that I am a fan of and that I put money into and I invest my time. Time is my most valuable resource. Like I spend a lot of time watching the Yankees, reading the Yankees, listening to your podcast. And if I'm investing time into an organization that doesn't care about me as a fan, then I'm going to tune out. Like I'm a New York Giants fan and my favorite football player of all time, Saquon Barkley is on the team and I barely pay attention because they have shown me year over year over year that they have this like master plan that they think is going to work, but they don't actually do anything to like get competitive on the field. And I'm just like hoping that they're going to be competitive this year. Whereas with the Yankees, like you pretty much know that you're going to get at least a somewhat competitive team every single year because they've shown it for, like you said, 25 plus years now. So I get what you're saying. Like 
yeah, they were definitely wrong in certain areas, but I certainly don't think it's changed the overall philosophy. And I, and I am still curious, like if Cashman hangs around for like another five years or so, and they keep going after things, like, I know we can't tell the future, but I am really curious what's going to happen with the team. Like, can they make a dynasty run? Can they figure it out? Like, is it, is it going to work out the way that Brian Cashman envisioned it working out in 2016? Because you have to think like he was probably thinking like 10 years in, in advance, right? To say like, okay, this is the next 10 years. The last 10 years have sucked outside of 2009. And so uh, how can we make the next 10 years more exciting? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to work out, but that's just one man's opinion, I guess. <laughs> well, it's like, I guess that kind of boils down to what you consider to be a dynasty, it's like, do you have to win multiple championships to be a dynasty? Or do you have to maybe win one or two championships, but also be there every year? Because like that is still possible. Mm-hmm. But when you think about back to two, like the day the season ended in 2017, mm-hmm. they had Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez and Luis Severino, who were all budding superstars yeah. and barely on, like still well under team control. They had Gleyber Torres in the minors, who was a top prospect on everybody's boards, and they had a bunch of the bunch of these other like prospects that looked like they could hit, like Justice Sheffield and Clint Frazier, and you know go down the list. They, I think the organization was like ranked sixth or seventh in, in Major League Baseball at the time. So, the expectation at that time is like another '90s dynasty run. Like that's what I think maybe foolishly people were expecting. We haven't we haven't gotten that. And now Judge and Sanchez are both coming up on arbitration. Glaber Torres is no longer an all-star level player for whatever reason. Gary Sanchez has had more ups and downs than anybody I've ever watched play baseball. And if you tell me they're gonna give him a five-year contract or they're not even gonna talk to his agent, like I'll believe both of those scenarios. So I don't know that. However, it was planned out and, and like the, the whiteboard in the Yankees office, it, it's at the, at the end of the 2017 season. That's all been erased at this point. Like they could still win a championship this year and maybe a championship in the coming years, but it's not how we thought right. it was going to happen. Right. Yeah, exactly. And this is where Major League Baseball is won, right? Because Major League Baseball said, we are not going to allow the Yankees to do what they have done over the course of their history. We are not going Wait, what do you mean by that? Major League Baseball has not is not allowed. When when allowed. Major League Baseball instituted that luxury tax, when when the owners oh, all oh, got oh. together with the commissioner and voted on that, everyone voted in favor except for George Steinbrenner because everyone knew that for the competitive balance and the good of the sport, it's good that the Yankees don't win every year because other teams then get a chance to hoist that trophy. But from the Yankees perspective, that obviously sucks. And so it's like, you know, this whole predicament of, yeah, we want things to go back to the way they were in the 90s because a lot of us were, you know, alive during that time and saw a lot of really great baseball, but that's not reality. And the Yankees aren't the only team that struggles with this because like what you're talking about is (laughs) baseball made it so that the Yankees needed to bet more on their prospects than they could go out and get those proven stars to help them win championship after championship. Well, it, they they didn't make it absolute. They they instituted a penalty which the Yankees ignored for 15 years. 
right. and then decided to abide by and, and play within the quote rules. They're not hard rules, they're soft rules. Right. But you at the top of the show said if the Dodgers are the model franchise, the Dodgers have said fuck it to the luxury tax for the past eight years. Not all of them. They recently reset the tax. So they What year did they reset? I forget off the top of my head. I'll I'll try to do some research as I'm No, no that's I mean I I mean, I obviously believe you. It's just Okay, I, I, I thought they've been the highest payroll team in baseball for many years. I, I think they have been, but they at one point reset, they got under the tax so that they didn't have to pay the same penalty, you know, the highest rate penalty for everything. Right. So even they play, you know, kind of within, and I guarantee you, you know, three, four years from now, it, they're going to go back and slash payroll to do it again. Because at like some point, it becomes like I think what the Yankees said at least is we don't want to be paying other teams, especially other teams in our division, free money essentially to get better when we can't like a a it hurts them because they're paying other teams b because those other teams are getting more money, they're locking up their stars, so there's not as many stars available on the market. And there's there's all these domino effects of what the soft tax does, that that rule, the soft luxury tax does to stop the Yankees from being like, we want Mike Trout, we're going to get Mike Trout. And we're going to pay him however much money it takes to get. The Angels can't compete. There's no chance. Like, that just doesn't exist in today's world. But back in the 90s, if Mike Trout existed, Mike Trout would have been a Yankee at some point. Like they would have, or even in the early 2000s, they would have been like, Whatever we'll we'll down the line we'll deal with whatever the repercussions are. But now that I mean they saw like the money that they they were given away for all those years. The Rays went. I mean part of it was the Rays were picking number one overall for you know ten straight years out of the expansion. But yeah, you know, they ended up going to the World Series in two thousand eight, and a lot of the money that they were getting from the Yankees they used to sign Longoria to a long term deal. And you know it's like Longoria is a Yankee killer, and you know so. I think that's the thing with all of this. Like, there's no absolute right answer for how you should go about it. But if you're going to go about it one way, I think you need to stick with it longer than like the George Steinbrenner type of mentality where like every time something goes wrong, you need to switch it. Like, because if you're just going back and forth all the time, that's worse. I, I, I completely agree with you because that didn't work for George Steinbrenner until he was out of baseball for right. a little while. And yeah. then they stuck with it. And part of that was because they were winning. So he didn't change things up because they were winning. I mean, there's a lot of people who believe he would have fired Joe Torre if they got bounced in the 96 World Series. Like, yeah. so, so who actually knows? But I, I guess for, for the, this conversation's sake, I, I really am, and we might never know, or we're not going to know until after the season when there's a book written about it or something like that. <laughs> but like, I would love to know what, what changed within, because this looked like a walking dead team. Like they looked uninterested every night. Uh, Boone, his even like his post game press conferences, he wasn't his usually like always optimistic self. He was still a little bit yeah. like still optimistic, but he wasn't yeah. over the top optimistic. Right. And the players looked non competitive half the nights. Like you talk about your time as your most valuable resource. Yeah, there were some nights I dreaded seven o'clock because yep. I was like, I have to watch this. Mm-hmm. Like I know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> and, um, so it just wasn't fun. Like, like I would love to know, and maybe you can speak to 
dysfunctional organizations or organizations that have sort of shifted gears in the middle of something um, because something you know maybe was going wrong or they were they recognize they're leading down the wrong path it's like how do you make those changes and how does it how does a switch seemingly flip overnight yeah, yeah it's that's the million dollar question right and my belief is because the culture has largely stayed intact over the course of the past 25 years like yeah they've had some ups and downs and things that i address in the book and you know things if i write you know, the next 10 years, we're going to be addressing some things that we talked about in this conversation. It's not a perfect science and it's not a perfect art either. But I think the fact that the Yankees continue to get players from other organizations who want to perform and want to play in New York. And then they have that, they mesh that with that mentality of, you know, they come up through the captain's camp. They have this crash course on you know, they meet with Derek Jeter, they meet with Andy Pettit, they now they meet with CC Sabathia, like what it takes to win. Like we come in with this winner's mentality. Like look at all their their minor league teams right now and the success that they're having. Like there is this built-in DNA. It's not the George Steinbrenner, Derek Jeter DNA where they like expect to win the World Series every year, but there is still this built-in DNA that says like we expect to compete and we expect to do well. And so like professional athletes are just freaks and they're awesome from a physical standpoint, but they're people like you and I, and, you know, I don't know if it had to do with COVID and some of the restrictions and, you know, especially this year with all the people that have gone on the COVID IL, I don't know if that played a little bit part into the, it was like they were sleepwalking, you know, through a lot of those games. That's, that's how it felt. And and again, I don't even know how much Boone is responsible for, this turnaround so hard from the outside for us to like say he either did or didn't have an impact on this yeah, culture. We, none of us can say for, for sure. Definitively. Right. Yeah. It's changed on so many levels though. Like, like we talked about the, the, the play style change. Yeah. It's it, the play style change is different. Yeah. The, the players themselves are different. Yeah. The, but, but it's the, it's the, from our view through the television, it's the, it's the, um, like the attitude seems to have changed. Yeah. And maybe that's just a product of winning. It's like you win, you're happier, right. you're more confident. Yeah. <laughs> or is it like something else has changed internally? Yeah. Um, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I'd be really curious to know too how much Boone maybe had, because I, I do, I wonder like, does Boone actually, I mean, Boone's a, you know, what, third, fourth generation. MLB or he knows baseball. So like nobody, nobody who's worth their time will tell you that Aaron Boone is a complete moron. Like some of the Twitter people, like, I, I just don't buy that. I've called yeah. him. A complete I, I know. I, and I, and I've heard it, but like at the end of the day, like when you really think about it, like is Aaron Boone a, uh, I don't know, some manager that has, has been terrible, but no, my problem with Boone is not that like, yeah, he's been in baseball his entire life. So even if even by osmosis, he knows more about baseball <laughs> than you or I times a hundred. Right. But but it's like there's the these in-game decisions like leaving Jonathan Loisaga on the mound at Fenway Park, where yeah. he clearly could not get an out. And you had guys in the bullpen warming up behind him. It's just you decided to leave him out there. Or earlier in the season when Chapman clearly couldn't throw strikes and you just left him out there to blow the game. And now twice over the past like two weeks 
he has pulled Chapman in the ninth inning yeah. when he clearly didn't have it, and they ended up winning those games. When back in May or June, he leaves Chapman out there to dry, right? And and they lose the games. So now he's making some smarter decisions because I yes, I do believe he can use his own eyes and de- and decide what is good or bad for a game. Yeah, but I don't understand why for the majority of his Yankees tenure, it seems like he does not use his eyes right. and does what's best for the baseball right. game. Right. Well, did he... He s- makes these questionable decisions that I just can't understand. <laughs> right. And did he get fed up and say, hey, I'm I'm just going to start using my judgment more and start making these, these calls? Like, that? that's entirely possible where, you know, it was, it was coming from the analytical department to say, like, okay, well, Chapman's struggling, but, you know, he still has an above average fastball and above average slider, you know, blah, 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 and everything. So let's just, the numbers say he's going to figure it out. And, you know, obviously the eyes would have told you a different story. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I do wonder, did, did Boone, is Boone one of the people that went to the front office and said, like, I, I can't manage like this, like the results you want, we just can't do it this way. There can be, and that's what I talk about in my book, like, the best teams are going to be the ones that find that that marriage, right? That can use the analytics, but also use the intuition. Like Joe Torre used to tell everybody, like, you know, Torre was probably not, well, he's definitely not as analytical as Girardi was. And maybe Girardi was too analytical at some point. And I think they thought, like, Boone was the the marriage between, like, having Torre, who you know, was a great communicator and someone from a, a culture perspective really good, and then and Girardi, who had that analytical mind and like kind of married, put them together. Maybe it just took Boone like four years to figure it out. <laughs> and like, it's, it's all coming together, but it, it's, um, yeah. And that, that I, I don't know. It, I, I wish I could give you a definitive answer on all of this. Um, I'm certainly happy with how it's all turned around. There's part of me that still worries though, that it could just bottom out just as quickly as it turned around like this, because you know, to, to this point in this season, you know, just taking the other seasons out of the context in this season. Yeah. They, they've bounced back from some horrific losses, but they haven't shown this consistency all year long. And so like, is it just a hot streak that once it's over, they're going to go back to what they were doing before? I don't know. Um, and that's, well, the hot streak is putting them, the hot streak has now put them in a playoff position. So it's, it's, Obviously, you're not going to continue to win every game. That does not happen. But if you revert back to your June and July form, then yeah, you're going to eventually fall out. But if you, you play good baseball after this, you're still going to make the playoffs. And that's the goal, really. It's, yeah, come back down to earth a little bit, but don't go into these funks or go into this wild inconsistency that that causes you to lose a bunch of games again. Right. Even even and, in and the winning streaks, there's you know Chapman not being able to, I mean I know he would the bullpen is still a big concern. Yeah, huge, huge concern. Britain's Britain could possibly need surgery yeah. now. That's the latest update there. Chapman, they've basically won eleven games in a row without a closer. Yeah. Like that does not happen. Yeah. I don't know how that has happened. Like they've been lucky in a lot of instances to escape these ninth inning jams in Atlanta. They they had um the one over last weekend in Chicago, yep. where they almost like so, it's like these these games are still get very very scary towards yeah. the end. But to the Boone point about did maybe he just decide I'm going to do things differently? If that's the case, good. <laughs> but like, what took yeah. so long? And part of 
the reason I think what took so long is because he had no managerial experience prior to managing the Yankees. And I think that's a huge factor in maybe him over-relying on people in the analytics department or whoever's giving him information. He is not confident enough in himself to make the right decision that he's basically just going to go with someone else's decision because then it's he's technically not wrong. Right. It's like he he did he used groupthink <laughs> to come to the conclusion and the group was wrong. Right. I wasn't wrong. Now, maybe he said fuck it, or maybe he's finally learned enough and said, okay, I can actually do things differently and do th- things right. Or I love this conspiracy theory, which we got to the to the mailbag. They've already told him <laughs> this is your last year, no matter what. And now he's just like, All right, I'm yeah, managing yeah. how I want to manage. I don't believe that one because I don't think that's how they yeah. operate an organization. But don't you agree that you hired someone, I've used the analogy a hundred times, you gave someone the keys to a Ferrari and they've never driven stick before. And it's like, yeah, yeah, they're going to stall out. Like, sure, it's a freaking Ferrari. And that's what they, that's what the 2018 Yankees were. They were a Ferrari and they took someone out of the ESPN broadcast booth and put him in the dugout. Where you compare him to Alex Cora, <laughs> love him or hate him, probably hate him. He had he had dugout experience before he took over the Red Sox, and I think that has yeah. shown. Yeah, yeah, and there's no doubt. I mean, can we get into Brian Cashman's head and understand what? Because you know, all all reports indicate that Boone just blew everyone out of the water. Like all of those experienced managers, all those experienced coaches, they were here on the screen. If you're watching this. And then Boone was way up here. What did he say in that interview that made them think he could drive the Ferrari? You know, that that's that's the yeah. again, another million dollar question. But yeah, I don't believe the conspiracy theory, but I if I had to make the educated guess, I would say Boone at least pushed back a little bit and said, I need a little bit more control on the game to game and said, like, you know, either I, I don't I don't I doubt he gave an ultimatum, but you know, said either let me manage this way or it's not going to change or I'm going to leave or you know something like that. Or, or it was just it was he was said you got to give me a little bit more control or we're going to continue to be about 500 and we're yeah. going to miss the playoffs. Like yeah. what do you really have to lose here? We're not they weren't in the playoff picture a month ago, so right. they had nothing to lose essentially. Yeah, and like you had said, I mean you see his demeanor and how it had been prior to this season and how it got progressively darker throughout this season and, and like again just taking taking the Yankees out of the context and just remembering that Aaron Boone is a person doing work every single day very high stress work and he has a heart problem <laughs> to begin with like I'm sure there were some bad nights at his house where he was just like is this worth it like what am I doing and you know so I hope you know for his sake that he did speak up you know that that would definitely make me uh, not that I don't respect him, but, um, you know, it would, would make me like him more because uh, I'm just kind of indifferent to to Boone. Um, I believe in Cashman. I think he's shown again this year with the trade deadline. He knows he knows how to get the right people when he has the keys to do it. Uh, it's just, you know, they're they're trying to operate in the way that they are. And, um, you know, some of that's him. Some of that's Hale. Some of that's Major League Baseball. Um, but it's the reality. And uh, who knows? Maybe next year they'll they'll sell out and they'll go a hundred million dollars over the luxury tax and you know say fuck it we paid 
Garrett Cole, this money, Judgey's getting an arbitration. You know, we're going to hope that Glaber bounces back and has a 2019, 2018 season and, you know, just go for it. Um, but I don't really see that either. I, I just kind of see them staying course, uh, closer to par and, you know, just hoping that they can, cause I think the, the biggest thing, and I've sent this to you before, <laughs> is that Brian Cashman, I don't really think he thinks that like his job is to sell out to win the World Series. He thinks his job is to put a competitive team out there. And if that's his job, he does a pretty good job at that every single year. Like all things considered. Well, <laughs> that would, that checks out according to their after season press yeah. conferences, <laughs> where every year for the past three years, They've done that after they get bounced in the playoffs and they've sat there and told us, we're so close. We think this team is so close. We we trust that we 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 liked our process, like all of these different phrases that they use. So yeah, that absolutely yeah. checks out. Last thing I want to ask you, like what what's your gut tell you? Um win the World Series, not win the World Series, like whatever happens this year. What's your gut tell you about Aaron Boone's future as the manager? Like his, his contract is up in the air for next year. Yeah. And anyone who knows the organization knows that's not really anything new. Um, so I don't think I don't I don't really take that as an indication that he will or will not come back next year. Um, yeah, I think uh, based on you know kind of where they are from a roster construction and like you know they're they're basically going to have the same team next year outside of Rizzo potentially uh, leaving right. Um, so the roster construction isn't really going to change too much. Uh, they, I guess they could make some splashes, you know, trade Voight, uh, I don't know, look at trading Glaber, Judge, or something. I mean, so, the big thing is, like, there's a ton of good shortstops on the free agent market. But Yeah, and I'm all, like, I, I'm all for moving Glaber back to second base. Even before all this happened, I, I've never thought that Glaber should be the everyday shortstop. Um, I didn't think Didi was the solution necessarily either, but... Uh, that that's a different conversation. Yeah, I, I don't know. I um, I I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if he left. Um, but I certainly think there are better options out there still. Like even if even he's showing more life and showing more of an ability to to actually tactically manage baseball over these past few weeks, my gut tells me that there's better people out there. To do that and still, like you had said, kind of have that analytical mind, be able to have conversations with younger players and you know, kind of keep that culture in check. So, you know, if, if I was, uh, if you asked me to pick one or the other, I would say, no, he's not coming back no matter what. Um, but if they win the World Series, I think he's coming back. I, I don't think, I don't think it's like an ultimatum, like, like it was with Girardi, uh, where, where, yeah, he, yeah, this, this is, this is Cashman's guy. Yeah. So, um, you know, that that's another thing to consider, but I do think there are better options. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I also don't believe that if Girardi won the World Series in 2017, they would have moved on. I think, I think Hal, <laughs> I think Hal would have succumbed to pressure, pressure, yeah, and and given him another contract. And I believe Cashman wanted to move on, yeah. obviously, and would have wanted to move on, yeah. But as the owner of a franchise that just won the World Series, I don't know how you tell the general public we're changing managers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you sell that. Right. It's a, it's a great point, and it's unfortunate that. Well, yeah, obviously, Tory's the end of his tenure. Uh, there were two things. They didn't win. They didn't even come close to winning the World Series uh, because of the midges. Um, but also, you know, George Steinbrenner was not George Steinbrenner, you know, at that point. But it was very clear that at that point, Cashman also wanted to move on from Tory and bring in someone new. So we've been through this dance before. Um, and it's like, yeah, what, what would have happened if uh, <laughs> there weren't some scumbags in the, in the Astros locker room? Uh, doing some trash bag, trash can banging. They, they probably would have lost to the Dodgers, yeah. but hey, <laughs> whatever. Uh, I have always, I have always said uh, for the past year, I think that Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone are are kind of connected. Yeah. So, if Aaron Boone doesn't work out, that kind of means the end for Brian Cashman. And then if Aaron Boone does work out, like Brian Cashman's kind of going to ride it out with Aaron Boone for three, four, five, seven, ten more years, whatever it is, kind of thing. But now I'm kind of backtracking on that, like, and I, and I can I can envision a scenario where Brian Cashman re- retains control over the team and hires another manager as like this is our last ditch effort with this iteration of the Yankees sort of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I'm I'm kind of like coin flip on if Aaron. Yeah, Boone's well, because the Brian year. Cashman conversation is different, right? It's like. I don't know many people, right? And, and I don't know many people that could do a better job than what he's you know done. I, I know he misses, and everybody does. But I mean, give me give me someone who who can do better. He, he had a really bad. He had a really bad first couple months of the season. When you think about like just the the design of the roster, people who are listening probably <laughs> so sick of hearing me say this, but like I say it to every new guest that I have. But like they left spring training with like seven outfielders and no backup infielders. I just don't get that. Like, I don't understand that. Like from whether you're an idiot managing a fantasy baseball roster or like the general manager of the Yankees, like why are you doing that? Right. And I I don't understand that necessarily either. Um, I I just, I'm speaking for the larger body of work, I guess. And and I know it's been forever. And maybe that warrants that it's time for a change. uh, If you believe in the, in Theo's, uh, you know, philosophy about moving on every, seven to 10 years, but, um, yeah, that would worry me more than any other manager. I think that we could bring in is if Cashman was just like, fuck it, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm sure they have people within the organization that they would probably promote. It probably wouldn't even come from the outside. Um, but I do worry, like, I feel like Cashman has proven himself to be able to handle the really difficult things that get most general managers and 
baseball operations people fired. <laughs> uh, and he's done it, you know, time and time again. And so, like, then I worry about the, the long-term stability uh, about everything. But again, that's probably a different conversation. Yeah, that's a, that's a off-season conversation if they, yeah. if they don't have success in the playoffs again. But uh, Colin, appreciate it. Very, very. It's an it's such an interesting topic. It, among all the actual baseball stuff, like this is sort of like now like an underlying theme that I'm very curious how it plays out. So appreciate your time. Go check out both of his shows again. Two jocks and a schlub. It's a, it's more of a sports oriented show, and then dynamic leaders where he's talking to a lot of great uh, leaders in sports, specifically women leaders. Um, very interesting show. So go check that out, Colin. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. I appreciate it. Go Yankees. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.